This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Nowadays, sometimes you can look at the world and think, we've gone crazy. Things seem out of control. But remember, God is always in control. Are you looking for something fresh, new, and exciting? This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Taking the positive message of Jesus Christ to the world. Proclaiming he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Broadcasting from the Upper Room Studios to the world. Are you ready? Let's get into it. This is Outreach.fm. And now, here's Pastor William Luffman. When you come to the end of something, it doesn't even have to be the end of a year. It could be the end of a career, the end of a job, the end of where you're living somewhere and you're moving somewhere else, and whatever that, that would mean the end, then it's really important that you look back for a moment and try to learn something from where you've been. And too often we don't do that. We just keep on going with not stopping and properly assessing where we've been because God wants you to learn some things. Amen? Now, in the South, it's really horrible English. But in the South, they would say it this way, God wants to learn you something. <laughs> you know, and so in the South, that's the way we would say it. But God is interested in you learning. So in Romans chapter 15, verse 4, it says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime, that's an old English word, means before, were written for our learning. Say for our learning. So Paul says this, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So he's saying to the church at Rome, the Old Testament, even though it was not during the time of Paul, even though it wasn't during the time when Jesus was on the earth, you know, he was saying, we still have a lot of things we can learn from what was already written. Amen. You got to be careful those of you that are younger, especially like 63 and under, you have to be very careful that you don't sweep to the side those people that are older than you, assuming that you know more than they do. Because first of all, that's erroneous and it's impossible for you to know more than them because you haven't lived life yet. Life itself comes with built-in lessons. Now, you can hear about them from other people. People can tell you about it. But some of these things, it only come through experience. So you have to be careful that you don't sweep those people to the side. Many years ago, the Lord gave me an affinity for seniors. Now, this is when I was in my late teens and 20s. And I just, you know the story about how the Lord, you know, my, my first preaching assignment was at the nursing home. And, and, and I've been going to the nursing homes now for 45 years and it's almost like the Lord was telling me early on, don't disregard people that have lived at a time when you didn't live. Because there's some lessons in there that if you're smart, you'll, you'll listen to them. And sometimes you can't, you, can't, you can't do it with everything, but you can learn some lessons through hearing someone else without experiencing it. Now, some things you'll have to experience, but not everything. So I would go to the nursing homes and I would sit with these older people and minister to them and then listen to them and talk to them. And I think it helped me early on get, get a view of, uh, uh, and an honor of things that happened, may not have happened in my time and my generation, but it doesn't mean they can't help me today. 
So Paul is telling the church at Rome, he said, what things that were written before, going back to the Old Testament, he said, we don't need to write. Now, there's a new thing going on. He, he was talking about, there's a new thing going on now. The church is being birthed and, and it's exciting and, and we're, you know, it's all new to all of us. But there was another time where some really important things happened and we need to always be willing to look back and learn a lesson back there. Amen. Now, in the Old Testament, there's so many great lessons to learn. They start in Genesis. They go all the way to the book of Malachi. There's 39 books in the Old Testament. And every one of them has so many incredible things in them that we can learn from. Now, I'm not going to go into all of those today, obviously. But I wanted to make mention of that before we start out. So, again, everything that's happened in 20... Let's, let's just take 2021, for, for instance. Everything that's happened this year, God wants you to learn some things from it. God does not want you to have a repeat year in 2022. How many of you do not want a repeat year in 2022? Now, now some of you had a good year in 2021. Some of you didn't have a good year at all. But even if you had a good year, did you know God wants to take you to the next level? But there's some things that we've got to understand. We, we need to look back a little and, and say, what have I learned this year? And knowledge doesn't mean that you learned it. You only learn when you put something into practice. I know a lot of people that have knowledge about a lot of things and they are jacked up and they are messed up and, and they're tore up from the floor up. Amen. So we're talking about what have you learned? And, and you know, I call it one of those aha moments where you go, aha, hmm, I will never do that again. <laughs> Next time that happens, we're making an adjustment there. So that's the kind of thing that God wants us to constantly be in the process of while we're on this earth. I'm going to read it from the Amplified Classic Bible, same verse. It says, for whatever was thus written in former days was written for our instruction. I like that word instruction. That by our steadfast and patient endurance and the encouragement drawn from the scriptures, we might hold fast to and cherish hope. So again, God wants you to learn because if you don't learn, you'll eventually get tired. Have you ever noticed that after a while you'll get tired if things don't change? If things don't get better, you can get tired. And a lot of people quit in life because things didn't change. But most of the time, it's not because the world is against them. It's not because God is against them. It's because they didn't learn from their experiences that they had. I've always said this. There's a few people, don't look at anybody in this room. Don't look at anybody in your house at home. There's a few people that somehow think that when they go to sleep at night, the rest of us in the world get together and we conspire against them. <laughs> Have you ever met anybody? Don't look at anybody. For the love of God, we're trying to keep peace in here today. You know, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. We're still in the Christmas season. But I've met a few of those people. Somehow they actually have it in their head I, that somehow the entire world is conspired to their demise. But when you carefully examine their life and their decision making, what you see is they keep making the same decisions, they keep getting them in the same mess. And everybody else didn't have anything to do with that. It's a failure to learn. Can you shout amen? So even if this has been a tough year and you've been thinking about, you know, well, I'm just, I'm going to quit this. I'm going to stop that. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm tired. I'm not going to try anymore. I want to encourage you today 
that God has given us. He's saying, you know, rather than you having to have the experience of failing every time, I always look back and see and learn the lesson. And when you learn the lesson, you know, man, it changes everything. When you learn the lesson, things really do improve. Very few people have their first serious romantic relationship wind up being their life relationship. Maybe you've been blessed to do that. Maybe you chose good the first time. Maybe my Lord in heaven, you, I mean, the first person out of the gate, you chose well, and whoo, here you are all these years later. But that's probably not true about most people. It certainly wasn't true about me. It was not true. Now you see Pastor Ginger and me together today, you think, my God, I can't ever think of a time that they weren't together. But there was a time when we weren't together. And we were somewhere else with somebody else and oh my God in heaven. Lord help us Jesus. Aren't you glad God has mercy? Yes. Whoo Lord. And God, although we didn't know it in those days because we didn't even know each other, God was working a plan. God was working a plan because he already looked down the road and saw what was coming and saw the disaster that we were already in the process of having and God was working a plan. And that's an encouragement for you today that God is working a plan. If you're not where you want to be today, God's working something. That's why you can't get frustrated and you can't give up and you can't walk away. And finally, God put us... Now, now here's the thing. Though, we learned a lesson from our first relationship. We did not go looking for the same person we just got rid of. You know, I'm telling you, man, the, I mean, it was like, I would never do that again. As a matter of fact, I was, I'm not looking for any woman for the rest of my life. I'm going to be a eunuch, praise God. But when you're 21, that's the rest of your years not saying, we don't want, we're, we're not in on this. You're thinking that, but we're not in on that. <laughs> Thank God, <laughs> you know. But we learned some things and, we, and, and we, we made the adjustments because we knew that God, God has a great plan. If your life is messed up, God didn't mess it up. That wasn't God that messed your life up. That wasn't God that's, that's got you into the place you're at. God's trying to help you get out of that and get into the life that he's always had for you. God knew you before you were born and already had a plan. And even if you make bad decisions and go off this way, the plan is here. And if you'll just turn back towards God, God will begin to bring you back. We serve the God of the comeback. I mean, they killed Jesus and three days later he came back. Amen? And now he's king of kings and lord of lords. That's a pretty good comeback right there. Amen. So what have you learned, you know? Uh... Go to the book of Job real fast, real fast. I'm not going to preach a long time this morning. I, I, everybody will appreciate that. You're still digesting turkey and ham. And, and uh, I won't mention all the rest of it because Dr. Fryer did tell me he was in here, so we've got to be careful what we say here. Verse 13 of chapter 1 of Job. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters, these were... These were uh, Job's sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. Well, I won't even get into that part. And there came a messenger unto Job and said the oxen were, 
were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. Now, Job was prosperous. Job was a, uh, a very rich man. He had everything going for him. He had a great family. He, had, he was perfectly healthy. He had lots of money. He had lots of friends. I mean, things couldn't have gotten better. But if, if you read the backstory here, the devil is about to get involved in his life. And he's about to throw something in the middle of it. And the Sabians fell upon them, talking about his, his oxen, and took them away and, and had them slain and the servants with the edge of the sword. And, and I only am escaped alone to tell you. So somebody came back and said, hey, hey Job, guess something terrible's happened. These guys, these intruders came and they're, they're taking away everything you got and, and they're killing your servants. This man was so wealthy, he had servants. And while he was yet speaking, there came also another. Everybody say another. Said the fire of God's fallen from heaven's burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am alone to so now now this fire comes down. They assume all this, by the way, they assume all this is from God, and they're wrong every time. Anytime you think God is trying to kill you, you don't know God. So now we've got, you know. The sheep are burning up. The servants are burning up, you know, being killed. All this bad stuff's happening. While he was yet speaking, you think, oh my gosh, you mean something else. There came also another and said the Chaldeans came, uh, made out three bands and fell on the camels and carried them away and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And, and, and this one guy, he said, I've escaped. Now, now his camels, these are, these are like his Cadillacs, you might say, of the day. He said, now they're all gone. I mean, it's just one bad thing happening after another after another. And while he was just speaking, there came also another. You think, my God, you think you had a bad day. Amen. And it says, uh, your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness, smote the four corners of the house. It fell on the young men and they are dead. And I only escaped to tell you. Then Job rose, uh, arose, rent the mantle, shaved his head, fell down upon the ground and worshiped. Everybody say worship. Now, his whole life changed in a matter of a few hours. Everything went downhill in a hurry. And Job, like everyone around him, assumed God was in on this, but God was not. But one thing Job had going for him is he kept worshiping God. Now, I want you to know that when I went through the, I've gone through in my life some dark periods like everybody else. Um, by the time I was in my 30s, all of my, all my parents were dead and gone. And, and so all of that, and I, my brother died at 51. And so I've been through that. Pastor Ginger's gone through a lot more than I have. And, uh, you know, we talked about our first relationships being disastrous. And even, listen, when you pastor God's people for a while, you go through some stuff. I said, you go through some stuff. <laughs> but the one thing you've got to understand, what kind of lesson are you learning from what's happened in your life? One thing you've got to do, there's one foolproof way for you to go forward with God and it's to keep on worshiping. Amen. So Job does this. Job worships him. Now he thinks that God did it and he makes this statement that we all have heard at gravesides all of our life. We assumed it was a true statement. Actually, it's not. He said, you know, I came out of the, my, my the mother's womb naked and, you know, I'm going to go back to the grave. At dust I am and dust I shall return. And we've heard it quoted at gravesites. You know, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hey, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But it was not true. Now, one thing we got to understand, the Bible is truth, but it has some lies in it. Now, when somebody says that, I always see some people go, well, it does. Sapphire and Ananias lied to the Holy Ghost about their offering. God recorded their lie. 
So you got to understand, you got, so you got to be able to know how to discern things. God is, listen, God is not schizophrenic. He's a good God. How often? Okay. Now, if that's true, then we got to know that God's good. If, and if something's not going, you know, if something evil is happening, we've got we've, we've to step back. Even if we don't understand it and they didn't understand it, we've got to step back and learn and know that God didn't do this. And the only one now that can help me out of the mess is God. And the last thing I want to do is curse God. And the Bible says even though Job didn't understand anything, he didn't curse God. Can you shout amen? Now, we know in chapter 42, it took Job some time to dissect everything. It took, took Job some time to assess everything. It took Job some time to he finally had a talk with God, and God had to straighten him out and tell him who he really was. And when Job finally understood who God really was in chapters 38, 39, 40, and 41 in chapter 42, Job, for the first time after all this mess started, the Bible says he stopped and he prayed for his friends. He got his mind off of his situation. He prayed for his friends, and the Bible says that God gave him twice as much. I have found, and I want to say this to you today, if you're hurting, if you went through a loss in 2021, if you went through a heartbreak, if you went through a heartache, I have found over all my many years of being alive on this earth, so learn, listen and learn, the best way to begin to heal is to help someone else who's hurting. If you wait until you're well to help someone, you will not get well. You will be one of those people that had somebody die 20 years ago and you're still grieving over it. Now I'm off my script here for a minute because I'm trying to help you a little bit. We think, it's, we think there's something righteous and holy if we grieve for someone two and five and 20 years later, but there's not. That is not what God's intention. Jesus said something that I, I've said to you, if you don't know how he meant it, it can, it can get you upset, but I want you to hear it the way that he said it. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. And what he was saying is if you get caught up in their death, you're going to be dead. You're going to live your life alive, but dead. But he said, you've got to understand. He said, some people will just stay on that their entire life, but you've got to go ahead, pay your respect. Sure, you mourn. Sure, you weep some tears. Sure, you miss them. But then you say, but you know what? Now I'm going to go help somebody. Because as bad as I'm hurting today, there's somebody hurting worse. And I'm not going to sit over here the rest of my life and lick my wounds while there's other people around me that are desperate for what I have. I'm going to go find them and help them and love on them. Learn, learn today, learn this lesson. I promise you, if you're hurting, if you've been disappointed, if you've been frustrated, go do something really good for someone else, someone you know is hurting. The first thing I do when I go through a rough time is I go, I run to the nursing home and I walk in there and think, oh my God, look at these folks. Over, listen, here's what I know because I've been doing this 45 years. Two thirds of them have no relatives visiting them. Two out of three. People take them there and leave them. And they get left and abandoned. And when they see somebody come through that door that will come over and hug them, even if they don't smell great, even if they are not in their prime anymore and love on them, you would never know what it would do to them. I, I, what I've done over the years, and mo most time the congregation didn't know this, I would adopt them. I would go in and I'd say, I would go up to the administrator and say, give me the names of a couple of these folks in here that have no relatives visiting them whatsoever. I want to know their birthday. 
And then all of a sudden, and I, you know, if they were diabetic, I say, do they have kind of issues with anything? Because if I'm going to bring them something that's, you know, a cake or something, I'm going to get them something sugar free. But I would go in there and all of a sudden on their birthday, I'd walk and say, well, it's time to have your birthday party today. Walk in there with some balloons, walk in there with a little cake, hand them a little gift. Man, you'd think, my Lord in heaven. Now, sometimes I did that when all hell was breaking through in my life, where I was fighting depression at home, where I was fighting the demons and devils trying to take, in, take into my life and take over stuff in my life. But that's the way I got better. And I'm not telling you so you'll think good of me. I'm telling you so you can learn. And you say, my God, because the, the last thing the devil wants you to do when you're hurting is to go and be a messenger of God. The last thing he wants you to do when you're hurting is to go and bring healing to someone else. He wants to put you in a dark room, pull down every shade, lock that door, and make sure you don't get out. And that's where you've got to shake it off and say, oh, no, oh, no, I'm hurting a little bit. Yeah, I'm hurting. It's real. This is real hurt, but I'm not doing this. I remember two weeks after my mom passed, she was in a nursing home. Now, she wasn't one that was neglected. My Lord, I was out there. I was working a full-time job and pastor to church, but I would go out there every day. I'd be so tired. I'd go out there, sit with her, love on her. She had so many medical conditions. That's why she was there. And, and so I went out and sat with her and loved on her. She, got, she was pretty sick the last couple of years. She finally went into the hospital and actually passed in the hospital. But then I knew something, I, and, and the devil got in my ear. He said, you will never go in another nursing home the rest of your life because you won't be able to go in there. You'll think of your mom. And you know what I did? The minute I got that thought in my head, I got in my car, and I went to the nursing home that she was in, walked down the hall to the room where she used to be where there was another woman now, walked in and introduced myself, and I prayed for that woman. Did I want to do it? No. Did my flesh want that? No. But I thought, no, you are not taking over my life. You are not dominating my life. You're not paralyzing me. Learn. Learn. You'll get well so fast when you start attending to the wounds of another person. And it might be a phone call and it might be a text and it might be, you know, whatever it is, but you will be surprised how much healing comes from it. Can you shout amen? amen? Now you learn a lot of lessons. Some of them are good lessons. Some of them are lessons that make you look silly. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've done a few things in my life that make me look silly. And uh, you would think sometimes you would learn the first time. And you realize that if you don't learn the first time, you gotta keep going till you learn. Because again, not very long ago, I did something I've done three times in my life that I should have never done one time, but I did it the third time not very long ago. I learned this much again in 2021. Don't ever, ever try to put eye drops in your eyes when you have your glasses on. Because <laughs> it's just not going to... About two weeks ago, I thought, man, my eyes are burning, and, and I, I've got my little visine, or not visine, I, I don't, tetrahydrazine, I don't do that, but I got my little clear eyes out, and, and uh, I thought, man, i got to put some eye drops in, and I, I, I did it, I can't believe I did it again, because I've done it before, I could not believe I did it again. I squirted the eye drop on, and all of a sudden, oh my God, something's wrong with my eye. Everything is, oh God, God, what is going on? And I was like, and I was, in my brain, it said, man, you're going, something's weird happening here. I said, oh, no. And I went like this, oh, my God, I got my glasses on, you know. <laughs> I purpose in 2022 to never do that again for the rest of my life. I will never again try to put eye drops in until I check to see if I have my glasses on. That is something I've committed myself to for next year. 
So something else about this, you cannot go forward until you have learned. That's the way it was set up in school. You had to take tests. If you failed the test, you know, you failed enough of them, you got to take it again. Now, pretty much now, we just pass everybody. And COVID gave, now you don't even have to take, you don't have to take tests. You don't have to, I, don't, I don't know what. Now, some of you that are in college can correct me because I know it's not that easy. But, but I'm just saying, there used to be that if you failed and you got a low enough grade, you didn't get to go with your friends next year. It didn't matter if you had a mustache and a beard, you're back in this grade right here. I remember this one guy, I was in, when I was in middle school, I think it was maybe the eighth grade, um, I remember going in middle school, and when you're in middle school, and you're a young man, you're 13, 14, going into middle school, a lot of things are happening, you're kind of talking like this for a little while, and then, oh, you know, well, praise God, you know, you're kind of going through all of that. And I went in, and all my little friends I hadn't seen over the summer, we were together. I went in this one class, and this one person came and sat down, I thought, my God, the teachers are getting younger. And I looked over this one guy, he was about 6'2", and had a beard and a mustache. I found out this guy was in my class. It's like, what's it? Three years in a row, this guy was in this class right here. I thought, man, if he doesn't pass this year, he's going to be a grandfather here in a little while, man, you know, so. But you can't go forward unless you learn. God is constantly trying to get us into our destiny. How many of you know that? Listen to what Psalms 119, 33 through 35 says. Wonderful from the message. It says, God, teach me lessons for living so I can stay the course. Give me insight so I can do what you tell me to do. My whole life, one long, obedient response. I love that. Psalms 119, 33. He said, teach me and give me instruction so that I can stay the course that you want me on I want my life to be one long, obedient response. I think about, the truth is God has always spoken to us ever since we've been born. Even before we became Christians, we just didn't hear him. We just didn't hear him. And God does it. He speaks through your mom, your dad, a teacher. Uh, uh, I'm talking about people that are good people that, that, that are around you. If, they, if these were good, you know, figures for you. And it's amazing how we don't, you know, we will we'll resist what they're having to say. But later on, we discover, man, they were right. Gosh, they were right. And here, here's the way we are as human beings. We are, everybody in here that thinks you're so independent, Nobody tells me what to do. I'm my own person. I got my own thing going on here. Yeah, right, uh-huh. No, we're all products of things and people we've listened to and we've watched. And we've incorporated pieces of all that into our existence. That's why the Bible's so important. And I've said it to you all year. Take heed what you hear. Not just with the ears, but let's just, because it will shape you. And it will mold you. And you can think you're this super independent, I mean, one of a kind, no, you know. But, but the truth is, we are a blend of a lot of things. And if you, here's the thing about, if you quit listening to God, you're going to listen to other things. You just are. It's automatic. We're going to listen to someone else. We're going to shape our, our opinion. We're going to shape our morals based on what we hear around us and not on what thus saith the Lord, the Lord God Almighty. Amen. So when that happens, what's going to happen? Well, of course, we're going to make mistakes. 
And some of these mistakes, you know, may not be big, but some of them may be huge. Some of them you might be able to correct in a little while, and some of them might take years. And without the help of God, some of them you may go to your grave with. The thing I love about, about God is you can be the last person in the room coming to the altar and giving your life to the Lord, and, and God will bring you right on in. You could have lived 60, 80 years doing the dumb things, the silly things, and really sort of like we were talking about earlier, not being all in, and then finally decide, well, I tell you what, for the rest of my life, I'm in. And God can do an awful lot for you at the very end. That's why he said, remember, I told you the parable. Parable about everybody, you know, they come out there, they're going to work in the field. They agree with the guys that show up the first thing in the morning. Here's what I'm going to pay you. But then others show up a little later in the day, they get the same pay. Others show up a little later in the day, they get the same pay. The others show up with only one hour left to work. They show up and they hire them. They get the same pay. All these guys get upset over here. It's like, hey, it doesn't matter. I, by the way, I'm the one that owns the field. I'm the one that calls the, and what the wages are. And I'm saying if they come in at all, if they make it even in for an hour, I'm going to pay them. That means there's hope for all of us. I mean, you know, if I had not gotten off the road I was on, oh my Lord, I mean, I was on the road to stupid real fast. But God had patience. Can you shout amen? amen. The Amplified Bible says it this way. Psalms 119, 33 says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. I love that. Remember when Mylon was here a couple uh, months ago or last month, he said, if all you ever do is give God your problems, he will help you with them, but you'll just go create more. Amen. Isn't that what he said? <laughs> if all you ever do is give God your problems, which that's what a lot of Christians do, they don't go to church only when they feel like it. They don't read their Bible only when they kind of have to. They don't pray until they get in trouble. And then they ask God to help them. Well, God, it being a wonderful and merciful God, most of the time is going to help them, but then all you're going to do is go create some more. Amen. That's the only time you talk to God. Can you shout amen? amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, the Chinese proverb that I've quoted to you many times, I've just found this to be profound, and it is just, it just is profound. When the student is ready, the teacher will come. Amen. Now, I, I just think it's so important that we discern when the teacher's in our midst. I think it's so important that we discern when God has put someone in our life that he is actually using their mouth to say things. And they, and they don't even, maybe they don't realize it. But they are saying things that you know is God using them. It says when the student is ready, the teacher will come. Right. We have to keep ourselves at the point where we are always in a learning posture. Amen. We've been married going on 40 years now. Now, I know everything about her that I can possibly know, I think, until I learn something else. And by the constant ability to learn more about her, that's what keeps our relationship fresh. And that's what keeps it alive. Amen. When I bought her that dress, she didn't go shopping with me, but I already knew what to buy her. I knew the style and I knew the size and it was no sweat at all because I've learned it wouldn't be like, remember I told you the story, we've been married 10 years now, 10 years. You'd think by 10 years, I'd know how this woman likes her sandwich. But if you haven't heard the story, married 10 years. One night, we'd been, we'd been uh, had a long day, we'd gone to bed, and I looked over her, and she looked over me, and I said, I'm a little hungry. She said, well, I am too. I said, well, I'll go down there and fix this someday. So I went into the kitchen, came back. Man, I thought, I'm such a great husband. 
I came back and I brought her her sandwich and I, I, I uh, handed it to her and I turned around to go somewhere and all of a sudden, zoom, I thought, what was that? The sandwich went flying by my head. I said, what in the world was that? She said, you put mustard on here. I thought, well, yeah, I mean, that's what you put on a ham and cheese. I hate mustard on my ham and cheese. Now, let me just say, we've been married 29 more years since then. Have I ever done it since then? Thank you, Jesus. I learned my lesson. The student was ready and the teacher was there. Can you shout amen? Mylon also said when he was here, there was a time that I talked to God, but I didn't let him talk to me. Isn't that true? See, a lot of people will talk to God about, oh, God, this, and oh, God, that, and oh, God, 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 this, and all that she did, and he didn't, and they always, and I don't know. But they don't want to pause and get quiet because if they do, God's going to talk to them. And most of the time he's going to say, stop that because you got some stuff you need to fix. Can you shout amen? And another thing Mylon said, seekers are the only ones that will receive from God. And that's true. We've got to keep seeking God. Can you say amen? amen? Then we have to learn to identify the things that are speaking to us, like I said. Now, we won't go there, but remember Exodus 3, 1 through 4. The Bible says that Moses, now Moses thinks he's in the clear. Moses is born uh, to Miriam, he's put there in the water. He's picked up by the princess. He's raised in the, in the palace there. He's going to be, you know, the prince of Egypt. He's got favor with the Pharaoh, even though he's not the biological son. He's got favor. He's the next in charge. But about 40 years in, he realizes, man, I'm Hebrew. What am I doing? I, I can't be like these people. And they're, they're, they're making my people slaves. I can't deal with this anymore. He kills one of them, hides them in the sand, and then decides I better get out of here. So he goes far on the backside of the desert and he thinks I'm in the clear. And he sits out there 40 years. Now, you know, if you're not called after 40 years, you probably feel like you're clear. How many of you ever watched Dateline? They catch some of those jokers now, man. You know, <laughs> They did something 40 years ago and they're getting them now. But he thinks he's in the clear. He's 40 years back here on the backside of the desert. He's thinking Pharaoh can't get me. And even though I'm a Hebrew, God doesn't even know where, I mean, not even God can find me out here. He thinks that one day he's out there and all of a sudden this bush that's there all of a sudden starts catching on fire. He's looking around thinking, man, I, it doesn't feel that hot out here today. But here's this thing burning. But then he looks about five minutes later and it's still burning and it's not burned up at all. And all of a sudden a voice starts talking out of it. How, how many of you know what I'm saying? Now, now what, 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 what is that really teaching us? It's teaching us that God is really desperately always trying to talk to us. Another time, the prophet, he's running from Jezebel and he's thinking, I got to go get, I, I got to get away. I mean, I, I, I called down fire on 450 of her prophets. She's mad at me. She coming out. She swore she was going to kill me. I better run. And he runs and he gets out there and God begins to talk to him. And this time it, it, things have to get still and quiet and a still small voice comes. Can you say amen? amen? See, God's always trying to talk to us. What did you learn in 2021? What did you learn? Are you, I mean, because if you didn't learn anything from 2021, don't expect changes in 2022. Don't expect things to get better. Don't expect improvement. How many times did God talk to you? Listen, I always say this. People really do know 
when God's talking to them, they just won't acknowledge it. Because he's not saying what they want to hear. Well, I just think that I, I just, well, I, I, I mean, somebody said, well, the Bible, well, I know the Bible said that, but I, I just think that, no, 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 see, because you already said, I already know, but. Remember in Deuteronomy chapter two, we've talked about this story so many times in the 45, 33 years of this ministry about how God said, I'm going to take you to a land that flows with milk and honey. They started marching after they got, watched all the Egyptians die in the Red Sea. Watched God do this incredible miracle. Pharaoh and all of his chariots, the Bible says all of his chariots, they go down into that Red Sea, the one that the children of Israel just walked across on on dry land with no problem at all. They, he watches Pharaoh and his armies go in and they all drown. They have seen this incredible miracle. Now God's feeding them out there every day with some honey bread. That's what that manna was. God's feeding them with quail and honey bread and God's taking care of them. And, and man, they're just things couldn't be better. But God says, I want you to go to the land that flows with milk and honey. So he starts to lead them that way, but they get out there, they start murmuring, they start complaining. They start, they, they won't listen to the leadership anymore. And then consequently, they get out there for 40 years and march around the same mountain. My God, you'd think you'd get tired after a while. They had to have worn a groove in the ground where they'd marched around out there for 40 years. And finally in Deuteronomy 2, you know what it says there. God said to them, turn you northward. 11 miles. They were 11 miles. 11. 11 miles from the promised land. But because they didn't learn from the lessons and they didn't learn from what God had said. They kept wanting to do it their way. And the Bible says the whole generation, uh, those that were above 20 and up, the whole generation except for Joshua and Caleb died. Can you shout amen? amen? Now you and I know this. How many of you have been serving the Lord for let's say 10 years, at least 10? How many of you maybe even 20 or more? So you and I have seen a lot of people get out into the stream and start walking, but man, where are they today? Now, why aren't they still serving God? The real answer is they quit learning their lessons. Because we are always in the process of learning. I've been doing this 45 years, and I was thinking about this this morning way early, way too early in my opinion, but that's the way God deals with me. But, but I was thinking this morning, this is pretty pathetic that I've been a Christian 45 years, and I, I need to improve. I was thinking of a couple of things. I need to improve on that now. That's That's... And, and I keep thinking this, and I'll keep saying that unless I make the change. I got to, I've got to learn from this. Can you shout amen? Uh, all right, now we're, we're starting to fix it, get ready to start thinking about closing. So we won't go there, but let's talk about the scripture that I even gave the illustrations on this one. Um, and we talked about it quite a bit in the early part of the year where the Bible says... Uh, you know, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The Bible says, uh, seeing that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, this is Hebrews 12, let us run the race that is before us with patience. So we've got to understand that what we're doing is going to take some patience. Amen. Now, when they said this, by the way, when, when this was written, most of the runners, and they, they, had, they had Olympians then. Most of the literal races, he was using the word race because they had competitions. I've been, even in, uh, when we were in Israel, we got to see some of the Colosseums, the ruins of the Colosseums there. It was pretty cool. 
some of you've probably been in, you know, maybe Rome and some other places, and, and you've probably seen some of this. But uh, some of the Olympians, when they would get into a race, most of them ran nude. Why did they do that? Because they wanted to not have anything on them. They knew for them to run as fast and run the race, they could not have anything weighing them down. Even today in our Olympians now, they've come up with this material now. You've probably heard about it in the last 10 years. Even though they've got on some clothing, they say this stuff is so super, super light. Because they know the lighter the clothing is, even that one little millisecond could make a difference in a gold medal and a silver medal. Now here we are going into 2022 and it's time for us to get rid of some stuff. It's time for you to unhitch some, you know, some stuff that you've been dragging along in 2021, trying to convince yourself you're going to, you're going to run the race the way God wants you to. And you know that you got to get rid of some stuff. Now, churches won't talk about this anymore. They don't want anybody to get upset. They don't want anybody to get, everybody wants to feel good when they leave the church. and want the pastor to tell them it's all is well, all is well. But I'm telling you, if you're going to run this race the way God wants you to run it, you're going to have to get rid of some stuff. Now, the second thing that happened about this, it says, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Something, when Paul, more than likely Paul, when this was written, he was talking about when these Olympians would compete out there in front of everybody, most of the time past champions were actually there in the stands. And what they would do when they would get weary and get tired and think, I can't do this anymore, they would glance up and see someone who had been in their place before doing this who made it to the end. And it would give them the inspiration to go ahead and press through and fight through. If they did it, I, 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 I can do this. Yesterday, uh, Aaron Rodgers broke Brett Favre's touchdown records for the Green Bay Packers. Now, I remember watching Brett Favre play all the way from his time, you know, from the, uh, I guess it was the early 90s all the way into the mid-2000s. And man, man, I mean, he was a gunslinger. He threw a lot of touchdown passes. I remember when they drafted Rodgers and they wouldn't let him start for a couple years. There was a lot of friction there. And when he took over, I knew Aaron Rodgers was a good quarterback. I thought, but now, come on, you know, no. He'll never, he's, he's, first of all, he sat three years on the bench. So he's never going to have enough time to catch Brett Favre, but he did yesterday. And for a while, even though there was a little friction in the last couple of years, they become friends. And what happened was, you know, he, he, I think he actually gave the game ball yesterday to Brett's son, I heard. And Brett had a videotape message to him congratulating him for breaking the record. And I like what he said because at the end, I, I, didn't, I didn't even see the game. I saw the pregame and I saw the postgame. I didn't even know who won the game until last night and I got ready to go to bed. I checked the score. But, but I like what I, I saw the interview with Aaron Rodgers they did at the end. And he said, well... He said, I sat on the bench for three years and watched how a true champion did it. He said, then when it came my time, I knew what a champion looked like. I knew what I was supposed to do. Folks, we've been given examples. We've been given examples. We have examples in the Bible. There's examples in this church. We've got people in here that have overcome death and divorce and, and hatred and variance and all kinds of stuff. They're sitting in this church today. People that have gone through stuff. You that don't feel like you can make it, look around, look around, look around. There are champions in here already. You can make it. 
The only reason that Pastor Ginger and I have a platform to speak to you, it's not because we're super duper anything, but we have overcome some stuff. We have gone through some stuff. When you get weary and you feel like you want to quit, look up at us and go, man, they came from nothing. They were nobodies. They were put down. They were forgotten. They were swept to the side. But they just didn't quit. Because success is imminent. That's right. Can you shout amen? Come on, give the Lord some praise. It's true. One of my quotes here, most sin doesn't start as wickedness, it starts as weariness. Be very, I want this is a really word of caution, please learn from what I'm about to say. A lot of people that ultimately either backslide or fall into sin who are Christians, one of the, one of the ways they get there, not always, but one of the ways they get there is they get weary in well-doing. Because the devil will put it in their head. It's never going to work for you. I mean, look at you. You've been doing this this long. Look, you're never going to have that. God's, you're never going to get a breakthrough. Things are never going to change. You know, it's always going to be this way. And if you don't watch it, the weariness will open the door for wickedness. The Bible says, you will reap in due season if you faint not. So I'm going to say it again. Most sin doesn't start as wickedness. It starts as weariness. Can you shout amen? amen? So we got to learn to trust God in 2022. It's coming up real soon here. What does it mean to trust in the Lord? You know, Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord and lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Uh, all, all your ways and, you know, he'll direct your path. That word, what does it mean to trust the Lord? Well, it uses the word lean in this verse too. Here's how you know you're really trusting in the Lord because you're actually leaning on him. You're not leaning on you. You're not leaning on, you, you know, your abilities, your, well, my bank account. Okay, well, listen, okay, that's great. And there's a certain part we all play in everything, but, but there comes a point where you're just leaning on the Lord. I'm just, Lord, this is not, it's all on you, God. It's not on me. I'm doing my part. Read my Bible, come to church. I love you. I'm helping other people. Sewing. I'm doing all I know to do, God. So whatever else is not happening, I don't feel any pressure at all. It's all on you. Amen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not. In other words, if you're going to lean some way, don't lean towards your own understanding. Amen. Lean towards God. Amen. Lean towards God. Don't lean. Because your understanding will say, again, it'll, get, it'll mess with your mind. It'll mess with your heart. It'll mess with your life. It'll get you to get out of faith. Can you shout amen? amen? I'm right there at the end, so stick with me. People, here's what I said too. People that don't have any faith will always try to get you to let go of yours. So be sure, right? If the last person you want to listen to you, to listen to tell you about your faith is someone that doesn't have any. Well, you are not, you are, you're totally unqualified to talk to me about faith because you don't even have any. So I'm going to say it again. People that don't have any faith will always try to let, will try to get you to let go of yours. People that don't have any faith will try to get you to let go of yours. So I'm not listening to them. I got people in my family, and I didn't say that Christians, there are some Christians that don't have faith. They had enough faith to get saved, and that's where it all stopped. 
Now they believe it's a crapshoot. You never know what God's going to do. And they live the rest of their life like that. I don't live my life like that. I live by trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him and all your ways and he will direct your paths. Bill Winston said, why is it so important to not let go of your faith? Because you cannot take delivery of something you cannot see by faith. So you got to get to the point you see it through the eyes of God. Can you say amen? amen? Now, so here we are. We've come to the end of 2021. How many lessons did you learn this year? How many things did you learn? Look, don't, 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 don't not, I know it's double negative, but, but don't not look back and learn the lesson. Make sure that you assess 2021. I love what the Bible says. It says, give a sober estimate. In other words, don't, don't, don't give some flowery uh, assessment of something when you know some of it stunk. So, I mean, I was, I was jacked up on that one. But if you do and you'll give it to God and learn some lessons, you're going to do, you're going to go, I, I'll go ahead and tell you. I wasn't going to tell you, but I'll tell you because I'll preach on it probably the second week of January. The Lord only gave me one word for 2022. Only one. Normally I get something in September, I didn't get it. October, I didn't get it. November, I didn't get it. I was getting concerned. I thought, man, is my, am I not hearing God? What am I doing? If I, is there some reason I can't hear your voice? He always gives me a word for the next year. You guys have been here all the years. You know I said all the time. Two years ago, we didn't know it entering into 2020. I said, the Lord said, you are anointed for 2020. And we brought everybody up here and they walked through and we anointed them. And God only knows how much we needed that anointing for 2020. But the word for 2022 that the Lord has given me is one word and it's the word amazing. He said 2022 is going to be the year of the amazing. There's going to be so many amazing things happen during this next calendar year, especially for God's people who are all in. I'm telling you, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I believe it. I believe it with all my heart. I believe that you're even going to say, man, that's amazing. Boy, I tell you what, you know what? That was amazing. I think you're going to hear that word a lot. I think you're going to hear it bubble up a lot. It's going to come up. And we'll talk about what it means in the Bible. It's a pretty big word in the Bible. So get, get, learn your lessons so you can turn the page for 2022. Get ready for God to get his pen and you get your Bible and get ready to write some good stuff for 2022. Learn the lessons and see what God will do in this next year. Can you shout amen? You've been listening to the Outreach.fm podcast with your host, Pastor William Luffman. We hope you've gotten some inspiration from this show. We enjoyed bringing it to you. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, reach out online. Find our website at faithoutreach.org. The streaming platform is livestreamchurch.com. Get an inspirational shot at a doseofhope.com. You've been listening to Outreach.fm. And remember, no matter what the weather may seem like in your life, the sun's going to shine again.